Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hello and welcome to Secret Artists podcast. I'm your host Annie McGrath and I'm joined this week by none other than Izzy Sutty. I had a lovely time chatting to Izzy over Zoom and we drew some beautiful flowers at the same time. Um, It's a lovely episode, she was such a pleasure to talk to and such a positive, nice person. So I hope you enjoy the episode and remember to follow at Secret Art Pod on Instagram and Twitter to check out our artworks. See you on the other side. Here goes. I'm delighted to be joined today by comedian, actor and writer Izzy Sooty. Aside from her four brilliant solo musical stand-up shows, Izzy has written loads for TV and radio. Her BBC Radio 4 show, Izzy Sooty's Love Letters, ran for two series and won a gold Sony award. Her beautiful memoir, The Actual One, was published in 2014 and her upcoming novel, Jane is Trying, will be published very soon. You will also know Izzy for being excellent in her role as Dobby in the much-loved sitcom Peep Show. Welcome to the podcast, Izzy. That's like the nicest intro I've ever had. Oh, great. Because it contained loads of extra adjectives like beautiful. Beautiful. Well, it's not just a memoir. It's great. I've been listening to the audio version of it. Thanks. Forgotten how to read. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm loving it. Thank you. I find it really hard to listen to audiobooks because I try multitask I think I try multitask too much yeah I know what you mean I did occasionally have to pause it and then rewind because I found I was just you know yeah you yeah no totally you're you're like no yeah I think it's like when you read you can't wash up at the same time unless you're sort of (laughs) I don't know maybe some people can but because all the pages get wet yes exactly I, I really admire people who can read and eat at the same time like if you see people going for a meal on their own and mm. reading like being really into a book I'm like wow they're two things that for me require full attention for each yeah, thing definitely. but yeah with audiobooks and podcasts I always think I could be handing the washing out I can't just sit here and listen and do yeah. nothing else yeah I also can't listen to them while I'm falling asleep because I find I concentrate too hard on it and then I'm even more yeah. awake yes my friend um Amy can only get to sleep by listening to like Agatha Christie type sort oh, really? of it has to be a very specific genre that's like funny. yeah I know and then when I broke up with my boyfriend years ago it was really sweet her and her husband kind of took me in um and like gave me loads of pies and minstrels <laughs> and it was fantastic and uh, like looked after me I lived with them for like a month yeah. and um on the first night I was really sad and I slept in bed with Amy and Gavin slept on the sofa and um, she was like we'll have to listen to this and I was like okay and it was really weird it was you know like when you're little and you go to someone else's house when you're like 10 and you're like 
oh my gosh, they've got a soda stream or they, yeah. it was like that. I was like, oh, this is how you go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So funny. I know. Um, how has, so you've been writing your book in lockdown, your next book. Yeah, I've been, um, it was quite lucky really that I had this book to write when the pandemic hit. Mm-hmm. So my kind of work situation didn't change too mm-hmm. much. Um, like most of us, I had to get used to Zoom and I got a mic and did some recording at home and stuff and that was really stressful. Yeah. Um, but the majority of my work was writing. So it was still weird because we were all in at, um, and I've got a two-year-old and a six-year-old. So it was it was wow. tough at times to kind of try and find the headspace. And I'd sometimes find I had like 17 minutes to run upstairs yeah. and get in bed and write. So that was like the only place um, that I could do it. So, uh-huh. yeah. Mm. And what's the, um, what's the premise of this, this book? Um, the premise is that um, it's about a woman called Jane who mm-hmm. um, is working in advertising as a copywriter, living in London and is engaged and is quite anxious and probably has OCD but won't admit it and has this massive fear of hospitals but it also has a really fun life and kind of um, is sort of happy as you know, we're all complicated, aren't we? But kind of yeah. in that way that she's like, yeah, life's OK. And then yeah. she finds out that her boyfriend's been cheating on her and she her parents just come and pick her up and she moves back into her hometown in the mm-hmm. north. And her parents are kind of very overprotective in various ways. And her dad is very anxious and used to take them to hospital all the time when they were kids and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so she moves back in with them and gets a job at the local bookshop. But the only book that she's read recently is Sharon Osborne's autobiography, which she hasn't finished. So she's constantly throughout the book trying to finish Sharon Osborne's autobiography. Um, yeah. And then she thinks she can kind of blag this new life in the bookshop. Um, yeah. Cause she's kind of used to blagging a bit in advertising, but mm-hmm. um, she has to kind of start again, really. And, right. then, and then a lot of different stuff happens to her. And she has to kind of learn. I wanted to really write about someone who, like lent on people without realizing it especially okay. men and who kind of jumped from relationship to relationship yeah. um and um yeah so it sounds great thanks can't wait to read it i is really it, enjoyed writing summer, it is it yeah it's out on july but, the 22nd and it was okay. really interesting because um my first book the beautiful memoir because yes. <laughs> um, it was about me um there were like loads of bits where and you probably even be able to guess which bits by listening to it where I really wanted to say more particularly say about a relationship and I sort of felt that I couldn't because I didn't know if those people were going to read it and um like it's so tricky um when you're writing a memoir if you like I think I overthink quite a lot about oh god if they read it would they would they be upset and Mm. you know um whereas I guess some people are probably better at yeah and if it's a character you can actually put loads of real people into it essentially but disguise them and um not in a kind of sly way but also you use bits of people that you might have met once or someone that you know really well and kind of amalgamate them into one character with fiction and that's Mm -hmm. just really exciting that you don't have to kind of stick to reality definitely so she's loosely based on you or like there are definitely some bits of me in her and Mm -hmm. definitely like she's quite I think I've got this attitude of like on the first time we meet her she's got to conduct this like chat with a really snotty poet who actually turns out to be okay but the poet Mm -hmm. doesn't really want to be there and um is kind of doing a a performance and is a bit arsy about it and Jane is just like 
poets are kind of airy, light people. They're just really happy to be interviewed and kind of yeah. goes in with this attitude of like, I'll just ask her like what rhymes with orange and everything will mm. be fine. And then um, it kind of really backfires. And I think I've definitely got that thing of like, if I think I can do it, I can do it. Like if, yeah. when I go skiing, I'm always like, if I think I can do a black run, I can do a black run. Then it's like, yeah. no, you really can't. It's just ice. You're going to fall over. So, um, yeah, we like definitely... Gig, you've got to like imagine the audience laughing and then the gig will go well. <laughs> exactly. Like, totally. That thing of like, definitely glass half full um, mm-hmm. that she's got, I think, too, kind of in that way of like, when it comes down to it, can I, can I do it kind of thing? And like, I definitely, like, my Achilles heel is always that if I'm stressed, I get anxious about my health, which is one of the things that she's got. So like, I always think Google is quite a bad thing in that way. Because before Google, you weren't able to go, oh, I've had a headache for two days in a row. Why don't I Google it? That'll be reassuring. And then every uh, symptom comes up as some form of cancer. Yeah, something really bad. I know, exactly. That's it. And I don't know if you find this too, but I sometimes think when you're creative, your imagination is really good in some ways and really Mm -hmm. bad in some ways, because you can sort of make a reality lots of different things which are completely yeah. hypothetical yeah um so I'm I, I've found over the years and I've had CBT now for essentially like what I suppose is like hypochondria um mm. after my dad died I had a bit of therapy anyway and then a bit of CBT and that just helped so much with the worrying about the health thing because it was like oh actually is this real or is it not? And it's, mm. I really like the kind of technical element of CBT. So, yeah. but I really wanted to use that for Jane. And then there are bits of her that aren't me, like this fear of hospitals. I quite like hospitals and um, I don't know, I find it quite You're reassuring. The only I've ever <laughs> I know, it's really it's weird. Like, like even when I was younger, my mum was a nurse when I was growing up and I used to really mm. like, like like bright lights of hospitals really? at night. Yeah, I think wow. it maybe it reminded me of like going to drop her off or pick her up or something like I associated it with her coming home or something but yeah yeah, so but Jane has this massive massive fear of hospitals like the hospitals represent being out of control I suppose Um, yeah yeah so I wanted to put that in and kind of raise the stakes for her have you can you tell me about what you've chosen as your muse for us yeah um there's it's (laughs) basically there's so um in lockdown there's an actress who started her own flower company it's called little room blooms it sounds like i'm doing an advert for her but <laughs> yeah. um i've sort of sent loads of these dried so they're dried flowers and they're just really is really beautiful like, yeah it is me it. guys um, it's it's an actress she wrote a beautiful memoir <laughs> yeah. um, didn't you? um no i've never met her actually but i like went through this phase of like oh my god it's it's really hard for everyone people are kind of having to diversify and um mm. she she kind of was doing an acting job and then it got cancelled like a lot of people's work got cancelled and so I wanted to support her and then I've sort of loads and loads of um dried flowers and given them to loads and loads of different people mm-hmm. I haven't ever drawn them but great I'm gonna go for some colorful ones because I'm gonna use felt tip on yellow card brilliant I'm using printer paper nice. well paper a4 paper that yeah. can also go in the printer and a pencil great God, I love the boobies and blooms. Yeah. That are like neon pink sort of fluffy things. Yeah. Oh, in a vase that has boobs Shaped like it. boobs, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's great. Yeah, it's fun, isn't it? What, yeah. are, what are your flowers that you want? Um, they're like, they're a combination of... Oh, I wow. Think, so they're kind of really fluffy um, grey ones. And I think I, think I combined two... Um, 
like bunches from the website. So I think the red one, the, sorry, the grey ones are kind of, I can't remember what they're called, but you get those in one. And then mm-hmm. the kind of more reedy purple and white ones. Actually, it might even be three because I think these those kind of candy floss, yeah, yeah, coloured ones. I love those. Are they real? Yeah. Yeah, they're all real. I can't believe But it. she must dye them. I've never seen... God, if I was walking through a field of wheat and I saw that <laughs> neon pink, I'd just be like, this is my dream. So do you consider yourself to be an artist? I think of you as a very creative person. I think I consider myself to be cre- mm-hmm. creative. Um, and I really wish I had more time to do drawing. And especially, co- I used to draw an awful lot of comic strips when mm-hmm. I was younger. Um and I used to have, Josie Long used to have run a fanzine called Drawing, Mag- Drawing Mustaches on Magazines Monthly, magazine brackets by monthly. That's very good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, and I used to draw a, a comic strip for that, which, which mm-hmm. had, um, which was a Christian couple who mm-hmm. did recipes and talked about God and stuff. And I just really liked doing that and I think I'm probably an atheist but that was the way it naturally came out and they were like just a really sweet couple and then I drew this um one called Tim the Twit which was based on mm-hmm. Tim Henman um so that was quite a while ago because obviously he doesn't play anymore yeah. it wasn't that I thought he was a twit it was just a kind of exaggerated version of him I think he was always getting pecked by birds or something <laughs> so um yeah it was a bit more surreal but oh great um, I've got it up on the screen Josie Long Drawing moustaches in magazines, monthly magazine. That's yeah, it was amazing. really funny. She used to, um, oh, she's put them all online. That's so yeah. cool. Yeah, she used to spend a lot of time on them, like, a lot of different contributors. Mm. Um, lots of different comics used to write things for it and draw things. And Oh, she should bring it back. That's she really should. And it was kind of almost a bit of a piss take of those. We used to really be into those magazines like... Um, take a break and stuff yeah um, so it's kind of almost a bit based on them she used to cut things out of magazines and put speech bubbles on them and yeah yeah she's she did some collages for an exhibition i did a couple of years oh, ago yeah that yeah art by comedians they're really good so yeah she's very that's her thing isn't it kind of yeah. taking bits of real life and then mm. but yeah i wish i wish i had more time to knit and i wish i had more time to draw Oh, can you knit? That's impressive. I can knit, but I I just, I think it's because now I've got two young kids, and especially mm-hmm. with the baby not really sleeping, um, oh, no. I just only get maybe sort of 40 minutes a day on average to sort of be by myself, I suppose. And so that's then a choice between watching time at the moment, which we're watching. Um, oh, God, it's so oh my good. God, isn't it? it's so good. Um, and I can't good. knit while I'm watching something like Time. Could you, do you think? <laughs> well, I can't knit full right, stop. Yeah. <laughs> so I you definitely could. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you're going to learn to knit, don't do it while you're watching Time. Yeah. Because uh, both of those things require your full attention. I've found I yeah, can knit intense. to things like Married at First Sight Australia because they don't require <laughs> quite as much um, concentration. Yeah, it's a slightly lighter show. Yeah. But then I still make mistakes quite easily with knitting. Like I dropped a stitch. I'm knitting a rabbit for my oh, daughter. Wow. Yeah, um, a purple kind of lilac rabbit. And I've dropped a stitch. And now I don't know where my crochet hook is and stuff. I just wish, I think when they're a bit <laughs> older, I'll problems. have an actual, yeah, no, exactly. Where's my crochet hook? <laughs> um, yeah. 
Yeah, when they're older, you can get back into it. Uh, hopefully, I'll have like a knitting area. Yeah. So were you yeah. taught to knit? But did your parents or grandparents knit? My mom, I'm sure they did. And I'm, my mum sewed more than knitted um, when we were growing up and used to make us clothes. Um, wow. So I didn't really, I didn't actually learn to knit till I was doing an acting job and another actress taught me how to knit. And I really, really loved it. I for the loved, show or just for the waiting no, around? No, just... Just to the, for the waiting around, and then actually, I did knit. I did a small part in a film called Pincushion, and I really loved that film. Oh, great! Um, yeah, and I knitted in that. There was a kind of friendship group scene where we were yeah. all knitting, and I was so proud of myself that I could actually knit. So I was like, "Yeah, that's if so I hadn't cool. learned a few months ago, I'd be faking it now." Yeah, yeah, that's the um, sort of thing of nightmares if you have that on your spotlight profile. Yeah, then oh my god, you can't actually do it. Yes, totally. That actually happened to me with an eye dent where I said I could play the violin and I couldn't. Oh god! And they never asked me to play it in the audition. And then I got the job, and because they hadn't asked me to play it in the audition, yeah, and then um, they did. So I just had to play an open string. And then so the director how... said, someone's out of tune. And I said, oh, it's me. But um, I thought it would add to the kind of comedy element of it if one of us was slightly out of tune and he, oh he bought it really? and I got away with it. Yeah, that's what I mean about me and Jane. Just, I did. I have got this streak <sighs> in me that's like, just keep going, just keep lying. It'll be OK. That is incredible. I can't believe they auditioned you for that part and didn't ever ask you to play the violin. I know. That proves that whatever an actor's got on their CV yeah. is probably a lie. I know. If you're auditioning someone, you should always ask them to do the thing. Definitely. Um, yeah. So you, you've crocheted a rabbit, did you say? Um, knitted. I don't knitted crochet, rabbit, actually. Sorry. I don't know. No, it's all right. I, um, yeah, it's not crocheted. That's a very... <laughs> <I'm> so <sorry. laughs> I feel like crocheting is such a... It's like skiing and snowboarding. It's like a kind of right. a bit of crossover, but I wouldn't have the first clue how to do it. But um, Yeah, I've knitted the body of the rabbit and I've dropped a stitch around the shoulder... Mm-hmm. so amazingly it's that the rabbit has got shoulders in the pattern it's like shape shoulders it's wow. so I think that's what I like about knitting there's like a pattern to follow it's very black yeah. and white and um you kind of get it wrong or get it right I don't think I'm patient enough for that sort of thing yeah it's quite Thank mathematical isn't yeah it, it is it's actually, sort of yeah actually it. I've just realized that there's actually no room you don't put your own slant on knitting you just follow I guess the you pattern. choose the fabric don't you yeah you choose the wool and you and you can yeah I think you can become a bit rebellious and you're like I'm not going to use the wool they suggest I'm going to make it purple yeah exactly but cool. isn't it interesting that actually in our jobs hmm. we are used to having a lot of agency and with hmm. drawing um, I'm sure you, you know, the whole thing is you're creating something on paper from scratch. Mm. Yet I do really love knitting and it, it is literally following a set of instructions. Sometimes that's quite nice though, isn't it? Yeah, Being maybe that's it. Yeah, and there's something nice about the repetitive Yeah, um, and having motion. something tangible at the end, unlike with stand-up when it, the gig's just over and then there's no- that's it. Yeah, you're right. You've just got the memory. Yeah. Yeah, yeah you're right. It is nice having something tangible. But it takes me so long. This sounds like um, it can't be true, but it is. Like I've been knitting this cat jumper for mm. probably three three years, I think. Um, mm-hmm. So it's now too small for my daughter. <laughs> and I'm hoping that my son will wear it. Um, yeah. But I still haven't finished it. And it's like this... So 
Because it's hard or because it's become this burden? It is very hard. Sorry if he's outside the door. If you don't mind right. him trying to get in, then Ellis is around. But I've locked, no, I've locked but the I mean, door. But I mean, if you need to tend to him, then please do. So you've obviously got a thing about animals, because in um, your beautiful memoir, you talk <laughs> yeah. about a papier-mâché penguin. Oh, the penguin, yeah. That you make for your ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Was that, was that true? That, that was true. It. Yes, absolutely. It was true. And I, actually, the Tim the Twit series of comic strips were kind mm-hmm. of done for that boyfriend as well. Oh, so we, nice. oh, I started drawing them and giving them to him. Um, uh, I would say, that was it. Tim Henman. He was always being pecked by hens. Oh, that makes more sense. Yes, that's it. I couldn't. Yeah, <laughs> that's it. It's a long time ago now. And um, yes, I made this papier-mâché penguin out of it ended up costing so much to make. It cost like about 100, 150 quid for all these um, ingredients, kind of equipment. Um, <laughs> materials. And materials, yeah. And it was like meant to... Yeah. <laughs> it was meant to be like, because I didn't have very much money, it was like, oh, I'll make him something. I won't buy it. And mm. then it ended up being so massively expensive. Oh, and, no. Um, but he didn't. It was kind of the nail in the coffin in a sense. I put so much, you know, like if you put so much effort into something, mm-hmm. and someone, in a sense, you're showing them the effort rather than the thing. You yeah. want them to see that how much work pages and time and, and yes, thoughts yes, into it. yes. That's and why you he... don't want to be too good at things because they look effortless. You've yeah, got to be quite true. good. <laughs> and they, yeah, yeah, I've never thought of it like know. that. Yeah. Um, um, so do you still do papier-mâché? No, that was the last, that was my la- first and last foray. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> and this penguin is still somewhere in South London. It got put into into an attic. Roy, he, he right. got put into an attic. Um, oh, that's sad. Yeah. And, hopefully um, he's been... Hopefully he's been claimed yeah. by a child or... Yeah. Yeah. I'd love it if I found a penguin... Would you, if you yeah. went in moved house? And, yeah, great. Yeah, I would. And his stomach, I think I said this in the beautiful memoir, but his stomach mm. was shelves. Like, he had shelves in his stomach. And, yeah. Yeah, it sounds very cool. Yeah. And useful. Who doesn't yeah. have a penguin with shelves? Exactly. Um, you also, in your beautiful memoir, <laughs> talk about playing netball at school. And, um, oh, yeah. I play netball and I'm desperate to get a sort of comedian's game going. Why? Yeah, I was trying to work out what position you were, but um, I don't know know how tall you are. I'm five foot four. I can't actually even remember what position I was. Yeah, I think I was centre court. Actually, are the tall people the ones who shoot the? Can anyone? I can't remember the rules. Can anyone have a go at? No, just goal attack and goal shooter. But normally the tallest ones are goalkeeper or goal shooter. So guarding the goal or shooting. So what? How tall are you? Five foot two. Oh, so you can't be one of the goal shooters. <laughs> no, although I play five aside, so we actually change position. Oh, okay, time. yeah. So it's quite fun, but yeah, I do sometimes get stuck in goalkeeper and just can't can't do anything really. Yeah, um, yeah, I love it. It's do you, it, is there a lot of standing around? I seem to no. It's hockey that there's a lot of standing around. I seem to remember with hockey, you'd spend ages just not doing. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. I whereas just hated netball, yeah, me I never too. Really got into it. Yeah, nor did I. I just remember being really cold and yeah. yeah. And there's loads of like 
not props, what's it called? Like accessories, like the mouth guard and the stick and the yeah, chin pads. that's right. Yeah. Kind of like lugging stuff around. That's so true. And the other thing is that we used to smoke on mm. the um, tennis courts and on the field. And that was the place that we also played hockey. And that seemed really wrong. Whereas <laughs> netball was inside and I didn't used to smoke in the sports hall. So <laughs> it seemed like, yes, this is the place for netball. Whereas when I was playing hockey, I was like, no, this is where we hang out at break time. Yeah, yeah. No, this is where we smoke. Yeah. Um, how's your drawing coming along? Okay, I'm on the kind of ferny bit now. I was just thinking that drawing requires an awful lot of patience. It's like you mm. look at the thing and go, how do I... I suppose as time goes on, you develop your own style and learn... Yeah, learn. Yeah. I'm not very good with felt tips, I've realised... I think felt tips are a great choice. I I think I sort of dismiss things quite easily because I don't know very much about drawing. I'd be like, oh no, felt tips is like too childlike or something. But actually yeah. that's, no, that's completely wrong. I'm sure you get a really interesting. No, it does look like a child's drawing. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's all right though. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> are your kids into art? Um, lots of kids are, aren't Yeah, no, they, they are actually. I think Betty, who's six, she really likes writing stories that's her main thing um she sort of makes these little books and um draws illustrations with them as well she does she likes drawing mainly women in um kind of dresses and stuff and my two-year-old who you might be able to hear in the background Mm. he he has just started to draw circles he really likes drawing circles Wow. Um, he sort of started to try and draw faces I think so mm. they both will sit and draw which is really nice like sometimes I go to the kitchen to do something and I come back and they're both sitting down at the table drawing that's great it's, yeah it's really lovely and the how our house is quite messy mm. um I sort of try and keep on top of it and so does Ellis but we're not neither of us is naturally tidy so the dining room table's just got piles of like coloring books and mass masses of felt tips and mm. paper and actually in, in a way I think that's better than yeah um you know that they can at, at any point in any room they can normally pick up something to draw with and something to draw on that's so good that yeah. they just do it sort of of their own accord yeah I think it's yeah that. it's not like this it's drawing time now yeah. and also he's drawn all over the wall and I sort of care much less that even though we are going to try and move later in the year so we'll have to do something about it but I don't really care. Um, yeah. yeah, I just sort of think you can paint over it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's fine. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one of a kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. 
So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. You wrote something called Dear Mother. So for listeners oh, who yes. haven't seen it, it's a short film about a woman who lives in the Tate and interacts with the artworks. And I loved it. It was so nice to watch. Thank um, you. I haven't thought about that for ages. It was quite a long time ago. I Really yeah, how did it come about? They just uh, said, have you got, they emailed my agent and said, would, we're doing this series of short films and would Izzy have any ideas about um, hmm. one? And I thought, yeah, I thought they wanted us to involve the art and we had access yeah. to Tate Britain. I think it was. Mm-hmm. And um, it was... I was like, gosh, how do I involve art in um, in something? And yeah, so I guess I made it more about the character being lonely than, but she interacts with the paintings a bit, doesn't she? And mm. kind of does voices for them and stuff. Yeah, she sort of makes up their situations and chats to them. And yeah, yeah, it was nice. So did you go in to the? gallery and like research the paintings first and then go yeah went in went in and had a look decided which ones um I'd like to involve to be involved in it and then when Mm. we filmed it it was empty which was really exciting it felt like yeah that's so cool yeah you know when like Beyonce gets to go to like Harrods before anyone it was a bit like that it was kind of like (laughs) wow I'm in here with I think something about going to galleries when they're very busy you sometimes feel like you have to move on quickly, don't you? Or like, yeah. am, I, you know, am I standing too close to it? Am I blocking someone's view? Am I... And you've always got someone sort of really irritating, describing the picture in a pretentious way. Yeah. And trying to concentrate on so true. looking at it. That's why I think I, and I include myself in this, often feel a bit intimidated by, oh, what style of art do I like? I don't know. You know, mm. in the same way as um, actually I wanted to, write a bit about that in Janie's trying that thing of her working in a bookshop and only reading Sharon Osbourne's autobiography or people yeah. are a bit snobby about the fact that that's what she's reading but she's like actually I'm really enjoying it like you yeah. know um and she doesn't know very much about literature I sort of I, I I hate it when people feel that they c- can't kind of do something because they're like I don't know enough about it I don't know enough about it and well, I certainly feel that like with art sometimes. Yeah, them. it's not meant to be. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's not meant for me. I don't understand it. Or when yeah. I used to work in the wine industry for years, um, I used to get very sad when people would just say, oh, I don't like Chardonnay. Or, I'll just have Mo- Moe, um, mm. especially as it's pronounced Moet, but you always sound so, yeah. actually, it's Moet to Chandon. But in our... <laughs> In our training, they were like, you must correct people and tell them it's Moet. And I was like, I am not going to do that if a company yeah. manager orders 10 bottles to go to, like, as corporate gift. Also, but why to... must you do that? Exactly. Like, just... so it doesn't matter, does it? It's just the kind of anglicised version of it in a way. Yeah. But, like, I used to kind of try and suggest wines to people that were actually often cheaper than the ones that they'd normally mm-hmm. go for, but that would go better with the meal that they were eating or something. So I think people get similarly intimidated with wine. It's like, oh, God, I don't know what I'm... And it's like, don't be intimidated because if you yeah. like it, it's not wrong. And if yeah. you taste Sauvignon Blanc and don't taste gooseberries but actually taste apples, that's fine. That's what you taste. It isn't wrong. And yeah. I kind of feel similarly about art. But as I get older, I'm more confident at going, 
or also it going I don't really like that and that's fine yeah. like it doesn't mean that I think it's shit it just means that doesn't do anything for me personally yeah. you know um I think sometimes it's that thing of like I should like it because it's you know it, it's well known or this style is well mm. known or yeah definitely I feel like music doesn't have that it's more accepted to sort of like what you like it is definitely isn't it and to have quite strong opinions like you'll definitely get people who are like oh no I don't and it's like I don't think you'd be the same about you'd be so confident to to do that. yeah yeah you're right painting or something. yeah people definitely feel perhaps more of an instant personal connection with music um, mm. perhaps on the whole in a way yeah. that they might not or that it might take longer with mm. yeah did you um study English literature or art or what's your sort of I studied English language I, so I did okay. uh, for a level I did theatre studies English language and French and I mm-hmm. failed French because I haven't done any work whatsoever mm-hmm. And then I got a C in general studies, which I was astonished about because I sort of rather arrogantly thought, oh, I'll get an A for general studies and I can just tell people that I've got three A-levels. And then yeah. I, I, I still can, not that anyone ever talks about <laughs> A-levels now anyway. But, um, <laughs> but yeah, I failed French. But I did, um, and I did a degree in acting at drama school. So um, oh, it nice. wasn't, yeah, it was a bit, a bit academic, but not really. And then... Um, I did 3D art GCSE though, and I really Ooh. remember loving that. So I don't think it's offered at all schools, but it was clear, it was ceramics mainly. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, so I made, I was really into using things to make the clay into different shapes. So I, I put loads of clay through a mincer, you know, like how you'd make um, mince meat yeah and um made a Weetabix box in 3d so the mm-hmm. Weetabix the bulk half of the bowl kind of came out of the box if that makes sense kind of towards you and then the Weetabix sat in the milk and yeah I really loved that's really cool yeah did you still do any sort of ceramic I did do a course at Morley College in Elephant and Castle um mm-hmm. probably gosh like maybe seven or eight years ago now in on the wheel I had done a bit of work on the wheel at school um but I didn't like that as much to be honest because um I found it quite tricky to master I didn't like I found it really annoying having to get all the air bubbles out of the clay but I must have had to do that at school so Mm. I don't know why I found it so annoying as a (laughs) a 30 something year old to be like God, why can't someone else get the air bubbles out? Well, like, <laughs> it would have paid someone. Maybe, Maybe it wasn't. Yeah, else. I think you're right. I think I didn't. I think if I'd really enjoyed doing it, I wouldn't have cared about the air bubbles because yeah. it's kind of part of you know the process, isn't it? It's like I just I, didn't yeah. ever like the feeling of like when the wet clay dries on your hands. I hate that. Feeling. Really, I really like collecting ceramic stuff and as I'm looking around this room now I can see like a vase that I bought from a charity shop it is slightly looks homemade and is slightly mm-hmm. leaning to the right and I really like that about it but it but would also like hold flowers yeah. yeah and then this other one that I really like I can't remember where I got it from like a craft place like a craft mm. type thing and then I actually think I got it from these little studios near where I used to live that used to open up but it's layers of clay that have been so they've done a base and then yeah. they've put layers of clay to form a vase. Mm. So lots of strips rather than layers, sorry, it's kind of going up almost like a leaf, a narrow pastel oh, coloured. Cool. Yeah. 
I really love pastel, like bright pastel colours. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think that's maybe why I like these flowers so much because they're sort of really yeah, they're bright. Beautiful. Yeah. I'm definitely going to get some. Oh, yeah. Great. Yeah. Um, yeah. Daniel Kitson's very into his ceramics, isn't he? Yeah. He made the vase actually that I'm drawing now. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah, and he's he will now, amazing at it. Yeah, he is. He's really got into it. And then um, he lives very near us and mm-hmm. in his garden he's got he's sort of got loads of pots in his garden that are so that he's made that are really mm. lovely. And I the other day I was like, Why are these in the garden? He's like, mm. Well, why not? But they're only getting earth and rain on them and I was like, Oh yeah. It just seemed really, like they were too beautiful yeah. to be battered by the elements mm-hmm. but they're full because they're quite sturdy aren't they they yeah. are and maybe it's a good test for them and yeah it's a big thing like it's definitely like everyone finds I think it's really good if you're creative in your job but you yeah. do stuff that's creative that is just for the sake of being creative rather than definitely yeah yeah to have another outlet that's not like you know your job that you're being yeah for. exactly where you're not thinking how is how is this going to work over an hour or how it mm. yeah yeah it's been interesting over lockdown to see what um sort of creative outlets people have turned to yes it's true it's like do you you don't have kids do you no I no don't. so no. just to get a different view because basically <laughs> I've been going if I didn't have if this had happened to me earlier in my life before I'd had yeah. children or if I had decided not to have them Mm-hmm. would I have done all this stuff that everyone seems to be doing like learning calligraphy <laughs> and, bread. yeah I managed to do a little bit of banana bread not as much as I would have liked because I absolutely adore banana bread especially yeah. hot off the press oh, um, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I sort of had this I sort of found myself at times going oh man I would love to like be doing a calligraphy course or something and then I sort of mm. did say to myself would you be doing that if you because the whole day was taken up with the kids especially when we were all in it was just everything revolved around routine and yeah it felt kind of at times very surreally repetitive so mm. yeah I don't know if I had a little perhaps a little bit more room in the routine would mm. I did you end up doing loads of stuff that uh I, I did a lot of painting so at the beginning of lockdown I was on a potato farm with my mum and uh, yeah I was very lucky in that I had quite a lot of space and a nice room that was really light and I just painted like every day which was great That's and I actually great. managed to sell some of them and like made a website and stuff for my paintings so got to do a few commissions for people um, so yeah I think I did get quite a lot done in like the first section of lockdown yeah but then it was still a novel kind of novelty then I suppose wasn't it we didn't know how long yeah. it was going to go on for and yeah definitely um but yeah it was strange not gigging or I was trying to do more writing um it's hard isn't it when there's no gig to try it out at that's what I did you do yeah. I did some zoom gigs but it's so hard to gauge whether new stuff works isn't it like yeah the I tried there. I did um, some Zoom gigs that were more like sort of chat shows and games and stuff rather than like stand up to no one because yeah. that just yeah. seemed too, too harrowing a prospect. Yeah, it's at that very, time. very odd. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I went through a phase in the first lockdown of having an espresso after lunch and putting double cream in it. Oh my gosh, like, this yes. Is, this cannot go on. 
but I love like yeah I love cream and coffee it also makes me think I'm in New York which is oh, it's so good yeah it's just, oh that's a real treat like yeah I'm very into that I don't have yeah. caffeinated coffee anymore actually oh really so I have this How sort, do of, you um, sort of wake up just tea and okay. I have yeah, I get, I stopped having caffeinated coffee because I was getting these sort of migraine type thing years ago and I had to give mm. up caffeine and it's fine now. But I've never, I just thought, well, I don't really miss it. There's like a really yeah. good coffee place here where it tastes no different if it's decaf. Oh, that's so, good. Yeah. I think if I actually had a caffeinated coffee now, it would be like, I'd be running around. Buzzing. Saying, yeah. <laughs> Did you get headaches after, I mean, I know you had migraines anyway but then when you stopped having caffeinated coffee did you get like withdrawal headaches no I, I wasn't ever much of a kind of coffee you know get, they get those people who are like they can't function without coffee I yeah. was never really don't like that anyway yeah exactly don't talk I don't get out of bed until I've had eight yeah. coffees um <laughs> no I like I did probably used to drink a coffee every day but just a flat mm. white or something so no thankfully I didn't and also I was still sneakily having tea, even though the guy said to remove caffeine. Because I was like, I can have. Yeah, you've got to have something. Yeah, but I think, but it did the trick. Especially with young kids, I imagine you need. Yeah. Yeah, like there was a mum that I met when I first had Betty who didn't eat drink caffeine at all for sort of. She was a kind of um, just very healthy person, and I was Mm. like, wow, like that is. I mean, some nights you've had like two hours broken sleep. Mm. Was she quite annoying? No, actually, she was really lovely. Yeah. It's always easier, isn't it, if people who do things that you're kind of a bit in awe of are a bit annoying because then you go, oh, yeah, but, you know, you've paid the price by being annoying. But no, she wasn't. She was really nice. Yeah. It's almost more annoying. (laughs) (laughs) So do you, sorry, one thing I meant to ask, do you own any art? And you've got all those lovely ceramics. Yes, I own one, I own one painting and it's by Mm. Estée McLeod, who, um, it's kind of like, actually having said realism things mm. abstract or realism I think it's probably a bit abstract and now I'm gonna um demonstrate what I just said about how I think people who don't have the language to, to talk about art should still mm. love art mm-hmm. I don't really know how to describe it I think it's mm-hmm. got I think it's oil um yeah if you look her up yeah so um she works with lots of different textures and stuff that painting um, that's the first thing you come to on her website yeah. is exactly like the flowers we're drawing yeah yeah the same cumulus cum- yeah, no it is yeah yeah um, they're really beautiful I really like yeah I really like her I'd call it like warped realism maybe yeah but warped feels a bit like there's a statement there and I don't think there is it's just very beautiful Mm-hmm. she ran a lot of free courses in lockdown again one of the things I was like if this had happened to me when I was 25 I'd be doing this course and I probably would have just been lying in bed watching Netflix yeah. but um yeah she run a lot ran some free courses which I thought was brilliant and they were and I always meant to do them and sort of got the emails and then just didn't manage it because because that's it, really cool yeah. that apple that's that's pink with sort of abstract shapes within it yeah it's, it's a video yeah. Pink Lady, love it. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I bought myself a painting of hers for my 40th. Mm. Um, we went to pick it up from Bristol and it was just really exciting to be going to um, collect it. And I didn't know which wall to hang it on and I didn't 
And then Amy, who loves Agatha Christie, came mm. and said, it needs to go on this white wall and it needs to be the only thing on the wall. And I was like, oh, yeah, that makes sense. I think I was trying to sort of hang something else next to it. Because we've got yeah. lots of framed things in this house and some prints and stuff. Mm-hmm. I've got a, I've got another little thing by John Dillnot. don't know if you've oh, heard yeah. of him, but, yeah, he yeah. does. Again, these colours that I love, really kind of neonish and some pastel colours, I suppose, but mostly neon. Yeah. Um, he does these kind of, um, these, yeah, the mini prints of um, insects Insect. and lots of things to do with nature. And I've got a minerals oh, thing. Oh, great. Yeah, and they're very detailed. And Those are called yeah. the sort of crystals. Yeah. Are they crystals on the left? They look, yeah, I think they are crystals. Um. So, yes, I've got that too, which I need to frame. I don't think I look after things very well. Like, I don't, I break jewellery and I don't, like, I don't really have many things of value because mm-hmm. that's the one I've got that's, yeah. I'm that's really out. cool. I love that. Yeah, really nice It's colours. beautiful, isn't it? The colours are great. They're kind of almost hallucinogenic. They're yeah. quite, um, so I haven't quite framed it yet. quite symmetrical as well, like where, where all the yes. drawings are positioned on the page. Yes, that's true. They're all there for a reason, aren't they? Mm. I think the thing at the top almost looks like a suite. Um, the pink. Yeah. Yeah. I like the sort of spirally shirt as well. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. Um, so did you meet um, Esther McLeod when you picked up? The no, I didn't. It was from a gallery, so I've never met her, but... I'd like to, I'd like to. Yeah. Yeah. Painting or papier-mâché? Papier-mâché. Abstract or realism? Realism. Tape modern or tape Britain? Tape Britain. Dawn or dusk? Dusk. North or south? North. Love letters or sexting? Love letters. I right. love the idea that I'd say sexting. <laughs> really <laughs> off-brand. <laughs> yeah. This is the real me, guys. <laughs> Writing or performing? Writing. Tortured artist or rational IT worker? Have to be tortured artist. Mark or Jeremy? Oh, a Jeremy, I think. Private view or view of private? Private view. Mature cheddar or soft goat? Oh, mature cheddar. Wing attack or goal defence? Gold defence. Invisibility or super strength? Super strength. Can you separate the art from the artist? Oh, that's <laughs> the eternal question. I okay. think before... Oh, man. Um, can I say depends on the artist? Yeah. Yeah. You can say what you like. Art or tech? Art. Art or food? Art. She uh, says, sadly. <laughs> Art or books? Um, both. And finally, dicks or pussies? <laughs> pussies. Great. That's the quick fire round. <laughs> Thank you. There we go. Oh, I love it. That's great. You've really nailed the sort of fluffiness. Oh, thanks. I really, that's the thing I enjoyed doing the most, the kind of yeah. ferny ones. Did you blend it with your finger? Did no. Did you like smudge it? It looks really nice and soft. Thanks. I love the detail of the vase as well. It's great. Thank Little you. Blooms. I love it. It's so good. Mine's a bit 
Oh, wow, I love it. That's great. It's so delicate. It's like really elegant. Yeah. And I love the colour of the roses. They kind of look a bit like hawthorn. It looks like a winter Yeah, um, I couldn't tell whether they were like thistles almost. Yeah, I didn't know if they were like... Oh, yeah, it's lovely. Thank you. (laughs) Thanks so much. It's been really nice chatting to you. I've loved it. Thank you so much for listening and thank you to Izzy for being excellent. Um, If you're not already following her on Twitter, then WTF, make sure you are. Her handle is at Izzy City and you can find out about her upcoming work there. Her book, Jane is Trying, comes out on the 22nd of July, so make sure you get a copy of that. Um, If you want to see mine and Izzy's artworks from today, then check out Secret Artists on Instagram and Twitter, at SecretArtPod. If you want to look up the artists we spoke about, they were Estée McLeod and John Dillnott. Um, What else is there to say? Oh yeah, the flowers that we drew, our muse today, are from Little Room Blooms, so do check them out. And thank you again so much for listening. If you enjoyed it, give us a nice little review. And if you didn't, I'm, I'm sorry. Okay, have a good week. Thank you. Goodbye. Secret Artists is a Turtle Canyon comedy production for Acast. Music by Alistair Clayton. Quickfire Round Music by Steve Dunn. The Claude 3 model family from Anthropic is your one-stop shop for enterprise AI. With models at every point on the price-performance curve, you no longer have to make trade-offs between intelligence, speed, and cost. Claude 3 Opus sets new industry benchmarks for intelligence. Sonnet strikes the perfect balance between skills and speed. And Haiku is the fastest and lowest cost model in the market, perfectly designed for high-volume, high-speed use cases. Join the thousands of enterprises who trust Anthropic to keep them at the frontier. Visit anthropic.com Claude today.